Hello and welcome to the London School of Theology podcast. London School of Theology. Forming disciples. Resourcing churches. Impacting society. So I'm going to introduce Matt Nell, our lecturer in historical theology and church history, and Nikki Lambert, lecturer in theology and counselling. And we have our next faith-seeking understanding on Saturday the 18th of March, when we're going to be thinking about meeting God in those hard times. Nikki, that's quite a gritty title, isn't it? Why do you think we need to think about something like this? Hard times are hard. And um, God's here. Um, And people, you know, people are experiencing tough times in all sorts of different ways in in this country and around the world. And um, God said he's with us. I think there's a, there's a recognition of the hardness. I think there's, prior to the pandemic, um, to some degree, there was a kind of illusion of comfort and safety in the West and even in the Western church. Uh, and I think a lot of that's been stripped away by the language about particularly mental uh, health issues in young people, but also more widely in society. It's been something that we've been much more comfortable naming, where previously it might be deemed a weakness, Within the church, it might even have been deemed uh, uh, within the categories of sinfulness or failure or something like that. There's a much more greater uh, openness to say, yeah, we're, we're struggling in different areas of our lives, uh, sometimes because of what circumstances uh, have put around us, sometimes because of things that have happened uh, in our lives that we're having to deal with um, that take some time to process. Um, and so it's opened up a new forum for discussion both in society, but something the church really needs to be talking about. Um, Matt, tell us what your first session is going to look like. Uh, At the moment, and my sessions generally change about a minute before I start teaching them, uh, there'll be, in both my sessions, there'll be three things that I'll be be looking at. The first will be the biblical uh, basis, uh, both Old and New Testaments, uh, looking at things like creation mandates and uh, what happens uh, after sin comes into the whole matrix of human life in this universe. Um, there'll be some stuff almost certainly with the Psalms, which I've been studying with my girls, um, where I've been challenged by some of the uh, approaches to, to suffering that comes across there. We'll be looking at Christ and cross and what it means for us to take up our crosses uh, and following Christ. And then some, some uh, New Testament church uh, experience, uh, a range of biblical texts which we'll be uh, engaging with uh, trying to do some types about how we read scripture in this regard. Then some of the theological principles that come out of that, some of the most important uh, doctrines related to this. Uh, Particularly, I'll be looking at church. What is the church? Uh, How does the church function scripturally? And how have we ended up with the church looking like it does? And where does suffering come into, or should suffering come into church? Uh, Baseline should be right at the front. Um, And it's not really at the moment. Um, but also looking at some uh, other areas of, of theology that uh, apply to that. Again, some, some cross-theology that applies to that, um, some human nature stuff. Uh, and then the third thing will be looking at what the church can teach us through its experience, looking particularly at the global church uh, and the persecuted church, both historically and contemporary. Uh, what is, what are the, is their spirituality? What is their vision? Uh, linked into one of the other theologies I didn't mention about identity and purpose of us as, as Christians. Um, and I think all of those speak in, and they're, they're things that, that when you look at scripture, when you look at the faith, when you look at Christian life, in some ways 
become apparent as soon as you look at them, but are areas that the church has either ignored or blinded itself to or whatever else that should be right foremost in defining who we are and how we act as Christians. Gosh, those are going to be some meaty sessions. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Really good food for thought. Now, um, Nikki, you're, you're a counsellor. Yeah. You're going to be doing some practical sessions. Should we in the church just leave you counsellors to do the tough stuff like that? Well, um, practical sessions because I very much prefer conversations and dialogue with people than standing at the front, so that's how my sessions are. Um, I won't be doing any counselling in these sessions, so just to answer that. (laughs) But I am always interested to hear people's experiences and their reflections and to... Uh, listen together to that and that leads on to shouldn't we just leave it to the professionals there is a role we the our course here is the strap line is training professional counselors who take their faith seriously there is a role for people who are trained a really important part of the training is to support um, and challenge ourselves and each other to connect with our own vulnerability and our own suffering as well as our own capacity and our own resources that we have. We look at relationships with ourselves, with other people and with God. And um, I think what I said at the beginning about um, God having said that he's with with us is... Um, I said it quite quickly and glibly, but uh, as you reflect on it, it's it's a profound truth or a profound thing to say. And I think some Christians experience, um, when they're going through tough times, they experience that their Christian church, their, the people around them are with them. And some people experience that they're pain and their suffering is not welcome Mm -hmm. and so um, that's why it is um, for all of us really Mm -hmm. to consider how we can be with our our friends and how we can also invite allow them to be with us when we are suffering and there's something within that about being christ-like isn't there we we use the phrase being christ-like but don't invest it with much meaning. But right at the centre of being Christ-like is being with the broken people and, and, and lifting them up out of their brokenness of whatever form that takes. That's not simply spiritual brokenness, which we've tended to focus on. But, you know, when Jesus launches his mission with the quotation from Isaiah 61, it's, it's all-encompassing. Actually, the spiritual aspect is one of the things that's missing from that quote as he looks at healing, uh, as he looks at freedom, as he looks at various things. Um, and, you know, what, what Nikki and those are challenging the rest of the church to do is to say, yeah, we, we've got different roles within this, and there's such an essential role for those who are, who are, who are well-trained in this, but we've all got a central role as being Christ-like, to, to bear one another's burdens. We're called to be the body of Christ and to, um, to bear each other's burdens. And some people find it easier to bear other people's burdens than their own. And some people like everybody around them to bear their burdens we're all it takes all sorts and I think it's something that as church groups 
it's worth thinking about, reflecting on and asking, hearing what each other is saying. I think we miss each other sometimes. Yeah. Practically, how is somebody who attends this day going to come away changed, different, more equipped? I think I would hope that they will have um, taken some space given those difficult feelings and potentially difficult memories a little bit of space Mm. in a safe way. We often keep ourselves busy and avoid touching them and that people will have learnt that it's possible to give them a little bit of space, to be with other people who are giving them a little bit of space and to be able to walk out at the end of the day with their faces on and not be floored by it and not be afraid of it, Mm. of that being with somebody and then or being with the pain and the suffering and then being able to move away. I hope that people will have an experience of that and will come away more resourced. Yeah. I think for me, I talk a lot about bubbles, that people end up in bubbles. This is how I read the Bible. This is how I live the Christian life. This is how I talk about the faith. Um, and that, that becomes normalised. That's something that happens naturally to us as, as humans uh, as we process any kind of faith or experience into an understanding into a lifestyle it ends up becoming um, regimented to some degree depending on our characters um, and so f- from my perspective it's just a case of bursting some of those bubbles of which bits of the bible are we re- you know, what's, what's there as I said what's been hidden from us simply because we've not read it like that or read it at all um, what are the aspects of how we do church or how we think about church that just haven't come up because well this is what we do as church this is what Sunday morning looks like and we have a Wednesday afternoon maybe um, but you know I, I want to say the, the first place that church should be is wherever a member of that church is suffering um, that's the first place it should be um, and and so a lot of that suffering doesn't happen on a Sunday morning in fact there's a lot of Sunday mornings don't have a lot of space for people to really uh, be suffering and share their suffering. The, the language which we generally use in our, in our songs, if it does include that suffering for a, a verse or a line, resolves it all by the end and everyone's supposed to be happy. Um, and that's not how suffering is, is resolved. You know, we need to understand that in churching some... In, in church, and I use church more as a verb now than, than as a noun, um, that it's actually when, when people are, are suffering, which often is when they're alone, it's often in the early hours of the morning, that's when they need church to be with them that's that's when church is most powerful is when it's it's gracing into people's brokenness effectively which doesn't mean preaching the answer to them often um again i'm about (laughs) nikki's much greater wisdom in this um but in my experience it means sitting helplessly and quietly opposite somebody who is pouring themselves out uh, and being willing just to, to 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 bear their words if you like and to have the honor of sharing that burden and and them knowing that I'm praying for them rather than me resolving it. But one of the things I learned very early on when when people started to share their brokenness with me is I need to become less less of a man about it trying to solve everything um and more able willing just to sit with the brokenness in the brokenness with people um but that any final words of encouragement to come to Saturday the 18th of March Love to meet you. Oh, yes. Always good to have new people uh, in life. 
I, I mean, I think it's it's exciting because in in some ways you look at that that question, you look at the New Testament, and you're like, New Testament knew that life was hard. It's kind of written in the context of a hard life, um, and so there's going to be aspects of this where we're going to be impacted and challenged about the, the Christian life that we have ended up living. You know, Wesley has this idea about being a, not being a half Christian, and I think. Too easy in the West in recent years, it's been possible to give bits of our life to God and keep bits of it for ourselves. Um, and this challenges us both in terms of our attitude to ourselves and our attitudes to others to say it's, it's a whole life discipleship we're called to. Thank you for listening to the London School of Theology podcast. To find out more about LSD and our courses, please visit our website 